Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Claire Grady is a qualified nutritional therapist and the owner of A New Wellness, a client-centred practice based in Galway. She's passionate about using food as medicine and helping people achieve optimal health and well-being as she really knows her stuff. So we are really only scratching the surface of the benefits of this healthy microbiome. So for anybody who maybe doesn't know what I'm talking about, if you think about your GI tract as a tube, okay, and from mouth to colon, it's like one cell layer of cells thick and it is like the inside of your mouth, like that soft mucosal tissue. And it basically cuts your body in half. And it's technically still outside your body. So you have, it's like this little protective layer and it's constantly interfacing with your internal and external environment. Mm. So lining your stomach, your small, your duodenum, small intestine, and large intestine and colon, you have billions of bacteria. Now, if you were to look on, at your body under a microscope, you're actually about 10 times more bacteria cells than you are actual human cell cells. Really? And if you think about that your genetic profile is maybe like 2,500 genes, um, they have like millions. So who's actually ruling the roost? Is it the bacteria or is it your genetics? We met through self-care event Bill, and in this conversation, Claire shares some of the changes and the challenges she's experienced in her own life, which in turn gives her such a deep understanding of people's struggles and pitfalls when it comes to better living. She also gives some simple and practical tips on incorporating some good foods and encouraging positive habits into our lives, which are beneficial to our overall wellness. She's kind, highly knowledgeable and open-minded. I hope you enjoy this chat. So Claire, we know each other from being involved in BIO. We, we do. travel around the country, we <laughs> give talks and I always love when you take to the stage because I just get something new from you every single time. Thank you. And then I try to implement Good. the tips <laughs> that you give out. 
but what I'd love to get into now um, is a little bit of your own scale, mm-hmm. because what I didn't realize and to those listening, we had the chats before we actually arrived at the studio to record this podcast and you landed a few bombshells on me. I was like, what? <laughs> Did not know any of this about Claire Grady. So we're going to get into it now. Uh, She's also going to give us really practical, simple advice on introducing good stuff into our daily lives. And what I love about you as well is you break through the difficult jargon that sometimes surrounds the stuff that we should be doing. And you do it in a really, really simple way, which speaks to me because simple is good for someone like me. Anyway, I'm doing a lot of talking and I want to hear about you. So... You've been, I suppose, looking at nutrition and you are a nutritional therapist for about 10 years now. Am I right in saying that? Absolutely. Um, I think I started my journey probably around 2009, 2010, really interested in what I could do myself. Um, I just was in a space. I was working in the UK. I was being it was in a position of a job that was quite stressful. I worked in sports marketing and event management um, and most sporting events are on the weekend or at nighttime. So you have your full Monday to Friday and then you could be at um, a hospitality for a rugby World Cup or you could be helping with preseason for FC Barcelona or something. So there's always something happening. Sounds really cool. It was great. Yeah. When I got the job, I loved it. Moved to Scotland. Um, Absolutely loved the job, just head straight into it, really enjoyed it, took every day like a challenge. It was amazing. Um, And I really loved that whole planning, organizing and making sure everything got done, ticking boxes. And then at the end of an event, you felt unreal, like this positive dopamine effect, you know. But anyone who studied or been in events will know that it's kind of stressful. It takes a lot of your time and energy and you start to apportion your priorities on your work and the client that you're working for and then maybe how you're feeding yourself, how you're helping yourself, are you exercising, the choices that you make in your personal life don't always make the priority list Um, and I was definitely feeling that. So on paper I was out every second night, I had a glass of champagne in my hand, we were at big sporting events and I absolutely loved it. I think I was like in my final year, I think I was on something like 45 flights a year, you know, like it's kind of this jet setting kind of lifestyle. And everybody was like, oh, my God, you're doing so well. But inside, I knew my internal was not matching off of my external. Yeah, I was feeling a bit sluggish. I was feeling a bit slow. I was starting to pile on the pounds. My skin was not great. I kind of didn't know how to look after myself. I didn't really have the tools. So what are you at this stage of your life? You're in your um, yeah, mid-20s? So this is like 22 to 25, 26. Yeah. So you still have youth on your side. Loads of youth. And like that was the only saving grace at the time. All those late nights and early mornings was youth really. Yeah, because I don't know about anybody else, but I find that I got away with murder. Murder. When yeah. I was younger. Yeah. You could like, and the whole like, I'm going out tonight and yeah. sure I'm going out tomorrow night and sure won't I be grand. Absolutely. And I think when you're in your 20s, you have this sense of um, in, um, infallibility. Absolutely. You know, nothing's going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but little do you know, that could, that could be around the corner. Yeah. So I just knew in myself, in my heart, in my gut, you know, that gut feeling that you have. I, I just knew something had to change. Like I loved my job and I didn't necessarily want to give it up. Mm. But I knew if I kept on this path, I was just going to burn out. I was going to wear out. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Um, they kind of move with the momentum of their job. Everything's very busy. They have a lot to do. Um, it's a new career. They're going for a promotion. Maybe they're moving within organizations. Maybe their organization is moving to, moving them to the Singapore office or whatever it is. But everything is changing around you. 
but you don't know how to kind of maybe keep up with your external environment or your body isn't keeping up. Mm. Um, so mentally you can be fatigued, physically you're exhausted, maybe you're not exercising, maybe you're not eating well. And I kind of knew in myself, something has to change here. And the only thing that can change is me. So when I think back at that time, I feel like I was the rock in the rapids. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Everything is like whooshing around you. And I was like, I need to find some grounding. I need to find some center. Um, so it was really basic. Like there was no aha moment. I said, right, well, you haven't exercised in about six months. <laughs> you better start there. So it was a Pilates class at lunchtime. And it just happened that the gym was around the corner. It was a 45 minute class. It meant that I could have my hour lunch and I got away from the desk, which was an absolute joy. So that was once or maybe twice a week if I was lucky. And then I started to look at well, what am I putting in my body every day? Like I'd leave the house, literally, I smoked cigarettes at the time, I drank blank coffee all day. I made all the wrong choices in my mind that we talk about now. I mean, that feels and so sounds different. like a completely <laughs> different Even Claire. when I say it, I'm like... That's only 10 is, years ago. Yeah. That's that amazing, like isn't it? just over 10 years. Yeah. Um, I'm seven years off the cigarettes this year, which is Fair a, place, I'm yeah. absolute like, but it takes that much of time, you know. But I had kind of solidified in my head that I needed to make some choices and I was the one making the choices so I needed to look at what I was choosing. So I started to basically look at, right, well, I haven't had breakfast in about a year, so maybe I'll start there. Um, so I started to prioritise breakfast. <laughs> the breakfast um, in a year. Yeah. So really you just, that was it, black coffee. I was up a fag, out the door, cigarette, black coffee out the door yeah. at my desk for like half seven, eight o'clock. Yeah. By the time you get to 11 o'clock, maybe you've had something to eat. Maybe you've thrown something in the microwave at work. It depends. Like you don't right. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's if you're at work that day. If you're not, you could be on a site visit or you could be in a car picking someone up from the airport. It could be anything really. So there was never really a schedule or routine. So, and I completely understand when clients come to me now and say, I find it really really hard to fit into my routine and I say I know what that feels like I know exactly what that quandary is like because you have to figure out well do I meal prep where's the closest thing to me what choices are in the area where I'm going to be and then you try and make the best choices from there so I just focused on moving my body once or twice a week I, I chose Pilates because I thought oh it's just kind of breathing it'll be easy <laughs> It's not that easy. It was really good fun. I'm glad I did it. Um, and I prioritized maybe breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that's as simple as it was at the beginning. Really, really simple. I didn't look for any supplements. I didn't really know where else to look. But you know what? I'm sure for a lot of people listening, you know, you, you're saying it's as simple as that. But a lot of people would connect to what you're saying because Absolutely. actually it's the simple things can sometimes be very challenging yeah. to get right because we become products of rip, rip, repetitive, I suppose, behaviours. Absolutely. And if you're not doing that, if you're not having the brekkie, introducing brekkie into your daily life is huge. And now looking back and through all of my learnings and everything that I've studied with nutritional therapy and all my kind of biohacking, where I just looked at how my own body works and what works for me, your daily practices, the little things you do consistently every day is what makes the fabric of your, well, of your being. I love so, that term. Can we just talk about that yeah. for a second? Biohacking. Yeah. So I, in the nutrition world, we use the word biohacking quite a lot. And it basically just means how do you hack into your own genetics, your epigenetics, like what makes you tick and um, what works really well for your body. Like for me, for example, if I'm not in nature regularly, 
I know it. My mind gets a bit foggy. I need to get out. I need to get some fresh air. If I'm not hydrated, for example, I know that that doesn't bode well with me if I've had too much coffee or too much caffeine. If I go down the slippery slope of, oh, I'll just have this little piece of cake here and I'm just going to have this with my coffee and I might just have this little sweet treat. I know after a couple of days, I just don't feel myself. So it's identifying what makes you feel good and maybe identifying the, the, the choices that you make that don't make you feel good and then yeah. trying to find a nice balance. And it's there's a different levels for all of oh us. Oh my gosh. So that's tuning the joy. into that. Yeah. That's the joy of it. I spend most of my days talking to people about their individual biochemistry. So for example, your biochemistry, Sheila, and mine are two completely different things. But what we can do on a day-to-day basis to promote that for health and well-being, both mentally and physically, might look the same on the outside, but internally our body is processing it all differently. So in nutrition now, it's all about nutrigenomics, the nutrition that um, impacts your genetics. It's all about epigenetics, the environment in which you live that impacts your genetics. And it sounds kind of complicated, but just basically means how your body expresses itself by the food that you eat and the environment that you live in. So I didn't have any of that terminology back then. I just knew this is what makes me feel good. Mm. And actually, if I spend more time doing this and I focus just on this, the kind of negative choices that I make make less of an appearance in my life because I'm really just focused on the things that make me feel good. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've tried to do this on a, on a few occasions. Mm. Something I need to, to do more and more is if I'm reaching for the bar of chocolate, I wish I did it more, to be honest. <laughs> But, you know, every day is a new start and a new beginning. But like I would scan it and say, do I do I really need this? Mm -hmm. Is my body really craving this? And instinctively, it's usually saying no. Sometimes I fight against instinct and eat it anyway. Yeah. But I won't always feel good after eating it. Yeah. But the times that I don't, there's an initial, oh, I kind of want that. And then there's this I get this rush of you did the right thing. Yeah. Good on you. Oh my God, breaking a sugar habit is no, it's no mean feat. It's as bad as any addiction that you can imagine. Um, now I've given up cigarettes, so I know what that's like. Sugar can be quite a draw for people. Um, it's, hu- it's huge for huge. me. And I know I'm after jumping right forward now. So <laughs> apologies about that. So I kind of want to go back, if you don't mind, to you saying, look, at, uh, something has to change. Yeah. I'm going to start. Your, so you're doing your Pilates. Yeah. And you've started to introduce. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm focusing on reducing my caffeine intake yeah um then i eventually give up coffee altogether because hand in hand with coffee came a cigarette and i couldn't break one without the other okay so coffee came first and then eventually the cigarettes and then it was like okay well what else am i doing this is making me feel really good you know so i was exercising more because if i was getting this really nice feeling twice a week maybe i could get it every day and it did turn into a little bit like a lunchtime class and then sometimes maybe a swim in the evening or a walk in the park or something so sometimes some days i was like double jobbing if I could because my routine was so out of whack that if I only had this one Tuesday why not get a double hit of dopamine sure. being out in nature and exercising so I kind of took it when I could um, and I remember at one stage my flatmate was like is this yours this kind of mess on the fridge I was like yeah, yeah that's mine that's mine and it was basically just an A4 page <laughs> and I just highlighted on the weekly basis what I could do that week with regards to my schedule so was it exercise here was it a meal plan here were you going to go visit somebody here were you trying to make time that was more productive like your community so it's a holistic approach I guess is what I ended up doing but you don't really know it at the time you're just kind of moving through what Mm. feels right so instead of meeting people yeah 
instead of meeting people in the pub or staying for that drink after the event or you say actually you know what I'm going to be I've actually signed up for a class in the morning so if I stay here tonight then I won't go in the morning so what's my priority what's my choice so you can still stay and have the chats but you don't necessarily have that glass of bubbles in your hand or a glass of gin and tonic or whatever and it was just kind of winding down these little choices that were kind of making me feel a bit flat and zapping my energy all week but still living the life still living my job still nothing else had changed but I was making better choices and then I just decided well if this is really working and I really enjoy it and I imagine if I could really biohack and throw myself into somewhere that's really going to give myself uh, an understanding of how my body works so then I handed in my job I handed in my notice Mm -hmm. I left my job and I went straight to South America and I worked on an organic farm and I literally was like let's go straight to the source if this is where you can grow veggies they're all organic maybe I'll learn how to grow my own veggies you add all of the produce you got to know the local people and I just thought this is a really good idea not only are you volunteering it's helping me you know maybe explore a little bit more about myself um you're also kind of giving back to a community and you it was so far away from where I was that I just thought let's just try it and yeah. see did you go on your own yeah of course I did didn't tell my mum that though I told her I went on a with a, a group project but I spoke fluent Spanish at the time I mean it's okay now but I used to speak fluent Spanish and so I didn't have a problem with the language so that was easy but they were such amazing people we literally were in a farm up in the mountains just south of Otavalo, south of the Colombian border. And yeah, there for nearly three months. And it was just incredible. It was just fresh air, fresh veggies, local community, nearly a full vegan diet. It was complete opposite of how I've really, been living my real life. Real opposite, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I loved it. Loved so, it. So you've had this huge change in your life that hasn't been brought about by any radical, like, no. you know, okay, I ne- now need to change my life kind of a situation that can happen to people. Um, and you're living a very healthy life. Yeah. And then about how many years after, maybe three years, is it? Less. I probably about that was like 2008, 2009. Um, And then when I came back to Ireland, I decided I was going to start studying nutrition. And I really wanted to get into it because I knew how good I felt Mm. when my body was feeling good. And I think a lot of people don't know what that feels like. Um, I think sometimes our threshold lowers as we get older um, and in adulthood, we kind of um, are happy to just go with a certain level. You know, if you can get out of bed and you're not too cranky or if you can get through a full day, um, you know, you don't necessarily have these requirements of I want to be bound, a boundless energy. I want to get out of the bed and feel really motivated. I want to have stable energy throughout the day. Like we don't necessarily think about those things. But when you have that and when that feels like your every day is now becoming that, it's quite like I want more of it and I want to tell people about it. So I decided I wanted to study nutritional therapy and probably about two years in, um, I got diagnosed with cancer, (laughs) which is kind of the funniest thing when you think about it, because I had changed nearly everything Mm. in my life. Um, And I got diagnosed with this rare type of musculoskeletal cancer. And to be honest, it was probably just another push in the right direction when you think about it. But I had made all the choices and changes up until then. So it did kind of come as a shock. But, you know, sometimes life just turns out like that and you just the way it is sometimes. So the reason I, I wanted Claire to share this was I've heard you speak on stages many times, um, as, I, as I mentioned there, as part of Bill and Soul Space and other events um, that you're part of. But I never, ever heard this <laughs> because when you give your talk, it's so 
information led and you're trying to help the audience and and bring these changes into their life and you don't necessarily talk about you per se mm-hmm. um but yet i mean i i was blown away when i heard this because number one there were so many parallels between me and you because i, I got diagnosed in 2011 so really it was pretty much the same time uh-huh. what you also shared with me which i didn't realize was you were in a completely different space yeah in your life at that time so you're getting ready at the moment to um, have your wonderful big wedding <laughs> and it's a really exciting phase in your life yeah. and it's gorgeous and it just radiates from you. Yet in 2012, you were in a completely different situation yeah. as I was in 2011. And this isn't to say that um, all kind of major diagnosis makes you change everything. No, for sure. But there is, there was definitely something like I was in a different relationship. I had a different life. I had a different job. Um, I was studying nutrition, but obviously the universe had other plans. Mm -hmm. So from kind of diagnosis in March and surgery and then going through radiation throughout the summer, uh, by September, I was living a completely different life. Like I was living in a different place. I was not in a relationship anymore. Um, my friends hadn't changed, but the dynamic in which my life was now operating had changed. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the environment that maybe you get ill in or uh, can't be the same environment that you heal in. So sometimes things do have to change. You can't live the same life in the same path. Um, as That's th- an amazing sentence. Can you say that again? Like, yeah, I guess it's like you can't heal in the same environment in which you got ill. Yeah, so that doesn't mean that you you have to dramatically change your life as in no. move out of your home no. or move away from the person you're with. But your changes. life has yeah, to change. And it really does. Because, you know, we talk about this all the time. And I know Miriam um, Hussey says, you know, no green juice will take away that toxic self-talk. It's the same thing with the diagnosis of Absolutely. cancer, for example. It and is something we, we talk about as well. Yeah. And I know we're all on the same wavelength with this with yeah. this conversation. And I think it's one that needs to be had. And it's yeah. so important. Um, yeah, because I think for me as well, initially, I don't know about you. Well, obviously, you were so on the path. And I felt like at the end of the day, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was living pretty healthily, I thought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, you know, that initial, wow, wow, how, right. did, how did this happen, you know? But it is that thing where afterwards I felt like I was juicing to beat the band (laughs) and I was doing all the right things on a physical level. But yet, you know, I I wasn't really addressing maybe the fears that I had mentally, emotionally of will it return? Will I be okay? So, yeah, as as you just said there, you can do all that stuff, but you got to look at it from all the levels. And this is why absolutely this is why I love what you're about, because it is that full picture it's looking at the mental impact the emotional and of course obviously the physical as well it all comes back to the holistic approach like I was like you I was juicing my beetroot I was having my green juices I was trying to strip back everything that I knew that would maybe fuel and um and uh, an irregular immune response. I wanted the radiation to work. I wanted the surgery to work. I wanted to kind of maximize my chances of everything being really good. And yes, your body does need the raw materials and the building blocks. And that's really important. We need to strip back the anti-nutrients and we need to really focus on refreshing and uh, fueling our body with the, with the minerals and the vitamins and the antioxidants and all of that. And I am absolutely an advocate. 
but your mind and the community around you needs to be right as well. Mm-hmm. Because I found, you know, I mean, after my surgery, I couldn't wash my hair. I couldn't like tie the buttons down on my shirt. Like I had to ask my mom to help me with that. But if you didn't have somebody around that was able to do that, they wouldn't, that contributed to my healing process. They were there for me, you know. Um, my dad would make me tea. My mom would wash my hair. They would all keep an eye out for me. And it was only for a couple of days, maybe a week. But if you didn't have that community around you or you didn't feel that support, it's a, it's a long road. You know, you're out in the cold on your own. And I know I was terrible. I'm terrible for asking for help in general. So it was almost like, you should know that I need your help. But they don't know. And Mm. it is scary. You know yourself. You are questioning nearly every day. I wonder, am I making the right choices? Is this something that, is there something else that I can do? Will it come back? You know, is this the best choice for treatment? I know people go through these questions all the time. But if you quieten your mind a little bit and you just kind of check in, you know, Mm. you talk about checking in, I talk about checking in, see what feels right. You know, they proposed a few um, methods of treatment. Just didn't feel right to me. Didn't really want to take that route. So you, you actually spoke about it pretty quickly there when you when you kind of said had surgery and then radiation. So in terms of discovering the tumour, it was in your... It's in my left arm. Left yeah. Arm, yeah. So I was lucky that I wasn't like tucked into an organ somewhere. It was actually quite visible and it was on your left arm. I was on my left arm. So they were able to um, do the surgery quite quickly. Um, now, in the recovery process, is a lot of like trying to get the nerves back working, functioning in the hands, stuff like that. But again, you know, between all of the community that was around me, between my nurses and my doctors and my family and my own kind of getting my mindset straight, I was really focused on, well, if how long do I have to give it? If it's going to take six months, I really need to dig in for six months. Um, and I just felt real support. But where I am now and where I was then is completely different because you do learn you have to learn so much about yourself you have to ask for help you have yeah. to be the one that really searches because you deserve it you need you know you, you you are worth all the help that people want to give you but you have to be able to ask for it and you have to be able to work with them and get them to work with so you you. Were, being, you were being tested I was in so many ways yeah, yeah absolutely and the stuff we take for granted I mean you know for those of us listening that are lucky enough to be able to use our arms yeah. we realise that if, if, the, if the function of one of those was taken yeah, away for a period of time wow yeah and you do you kind of it, it's like boom back to basics yeah um, and like having to ask and be in that kind of child parent role is difficult as well and I know parents you know they see you as adults but they also see you as children so it's, it's a weird dynamic but you know I'm very lucky my parents are so supportive and so great and all my friends have been amazing and anyone I've met along the process like some of my consultants like we still are in touch you know like they just are really great people I was very blessed and I'm I think that contributed a lot to how I see it now as a a real mix and a a kind of layers over each other. The holistic approach of food and lifestyle choices, movement, what kind of therapies you can choose, what kind of um, treatment options you can have, who you can consult, you know, really become an authority and get a board of directors, let's say, of your life. Mm. And your family makes up some of it. You make up a big part. But then there's people out there that have expertise. So, for example, myself as a nutritional therapist, I also saw a physiotherapist. Um, You may have seen a psychotherapist. You might have seen a counsellor. Like there's all of these people who are on your um, little who are in your little community on your journey, on your path to health. And I think that's so important. If you had a chance to go back in time and maybe rewrite history and change it, would you change it? No. And I've been asked this before and people are like, why? And I'm said, well, who would you give it to? Mm hmm. 
because if you don't get it and you know it's like that thing he won't bring you to it unless he'll bring you through it and I'm mm. not super religious but that kind of really sat with me like you are probably stronger than you'd ever imagine and I definitely found that out when when you kind of get the diagnosis when somebody uses the c-bomb and you're like what that's cancer that's a tumor you know like those kind of questions go through your mind um but if you let all the kind of chatter go if you don't have it who does yeah. Like, who would you give that to? And I just couldn't give it to anybody else. So I kept it and I will keep it. And yes. it's part of me now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Claire, you're amazing. And you know, <laughs> you know, this speaks to me. You know, when, when you hear me speak that I, that I always talk about um, it being, uh, to be honest, it was, it was now, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because uh, of, of what it brought into my life, you know, certainly didn't think it at the time. And I don't think no. anybody does when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, it's absolutely. so bloody tough. It is tough. But if you are listening and you maybe are um, going through anything on any level that is causing you discomfort or pain or trauma, either physically, emotionally, mentally or a whole heap of that mm -hmm. and the whole mix, you know, exactly as you just said, you're stronger than you think and you're yeah. doing better than you think. And give yourself some credit, you know, like mind yourself, be gentle with yourself. Like I hear so much, I should be doing this or I could be, do what's the best? I, I hear that this is better. I'm like, I should oh, be. It's, I should it's, be, it's yeah. the worst, isn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm guilty of saying know, it myself. I do it too, but we have to change the narrative that goes on in our head mm -hmm. about health and it shouldn't be a, a should do or the best thing. It should be a real intuitive process. What's best for me at this moment in time? Does that seem like a good option for me? Is that something that's resonating with me? Does that sound good to me? If it does, go for it. Investigate it. Contact that person. Maybe try that new thing or therapy or whatever it is. But if it doesn't resonate with you and you're kind of thinking, that's not for me, then don't. Because what works for you and what works for me are two different things because we're biochemically, we're biochemically so different. Yeah. You're all about that. You're all about that Individuality, connection. Individuality, yes. Your personalized nutrition kind of health can only come from you because mm. you are the ultimate authority on your own body. You're the one who wakes up with it every day. You're the one who knows, God, that doesn't feel right. Or I could, I need to do something about that. Or, you know, the way I'm kind of living right now, this isn't suiting me. This isn't, it's not honoring me. It's not nourishing me. And they're pretty big words, honor and nourish, but they're kind of how you should be thinking about yourself. This little piece of the universe that you get to experience life with yes. should be something that you prioritize. You know, for sure, because none of us know as well when, when it is that we're going to take our last breath. You know, and I love when you say that and it's not anything morbid, but it's like we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So why, why don't we enjoy it? Absolutely. Love it. Laugh. Do all the good things. I have a little question for you. How many times have you heard from somebody who's maybe gone through an illness or a sickness or has had a diagnosis? I just knew for a while something wasn't right. For sure. I just felt it. And myself, I went, myself included. Absolutely. And I yeah. went to my GP and, you know, or I went to somebody and or I mentioned it, but I just I didn't want to make a fuss or I wasn't sure. Listen to that little voice that's telling you that something is not right, because that little voice is you. It's your body telling you there is something wrong here. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the explanation of what it is. That's for somebody else to have a look into. But go and speak up 
and use your voice because if you don't it could be six months down the line and only if you'd spoken up a couple of months earlier or only if you'd done something so trust yourself trust your body mm-hmm. and get yeah. goosebumps because you know you're, t- <laughs> you're taking the words out of my mouth this is what I'm about this yeah. is this is a really important message and something that we've spoken about and certainly we spoke about just before we came in here which is I suppose maybe perhaps your reluctance to talk about <laughs> your own experience with cancer how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Say when you're giving talks is because you don't want people to feel that they need something as dramatic as a cancer diagnosis to come into their life personally for them to make changes. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And it's something that a lot of people I know discuss. And it's, it's, it's an important conversation to have because, you know, you're listening to conversations like this. And there are a lot of podcasts out that are talking about wellness after illness or whatever it yes. might be. And then you might be feeling, well, I've been pretty healthy my whole life, but... Do, do I need to wait for something like that to happen? You don't. You don't. You just need to. So listening to your body is really, really important and kind of slowing down enough. Because when you're really busy, like that rock in the rapids, when everything around you is going really, really quickly, it can be really hard to kind of settle down and go, right, how am I actually feeling? Hmm. You know, how are my energy levels today? What's my mood like? You know, have I been getting quite a lot of colds and flus? Like, start thinking, start putting the pieces together. Because if you don't stop and you don't slow down, all of a sudden these presenting symptoms, these little notifications from your body telling you, my sleep's not great. 
Um, my hormones are out of sync. My cycle's not regular. Um, I'm feeling a bit low, actually. I'm not usually like this, but my mood is definitely low or I'm more quick to react, for example. You're feeling more fiery. Or maybe you're just feeling really like your digestive issue's not great. You're slowing down. You're feeling more bloated than normal. You're getting more heartburn. These are just little notifications that your body is telling you that maybe there's a system in your body that's under-functioning. Listen to those yeah. and try and do something earlier rather than later. Yeah, that's the easiest thing to do. Because I, I certainly felt that from my own personal experience yeah. as well, that I was being given signs, but I was, I was ignoring them. I was ignoring them. And then, you know, they needed to bring in the big guns. Yeah. You know, whatever you believe in, be it a higher force, the universe, God, whatever resonates for you. I do believe there's, you know, there is something bigger. And Absolutely. I felt like they were saying, this one's not listening at all. And so we're going to have to now wallop her with it. And we didn't want to do this, but you know, she needs, she needs a bit of a shake up here. A wake now. up call. So look Give at her a rattle. We, like she just, she, you know, I knew that she was picking up signs then deciding to leave them down. Yeah. So here we go. We're going to give her thyroid cancer and, and look, it's up to her to how she deals with it. And that might be a, a bit of a mad concept for some people listening to hear this and go, that is a nuts way of looking at it. And I know that it can it can bring about whole other conversations, particularly when it comes to illnesses in children and the the confusion that goes with that. And, the, Absolutely. you know, the frustration and the the lack of like, how how can that happen? Mm-hmm. But from my own personal experience, this is what resonates for me. It won't work for everybody and in every situation. But for me, I, I, I really do connect with it as a as a as a way of making sense of it. Absolutely. And um, I do think I had to learn a lot of lessons because if I didn't learn the lessons, something else was going to happen again. Yeah. Do you know, so that's that's a much deeper, more holistic, once again, way of looking at it than just the physical. You're, you get a cancer diagnosis. But for me, it wasn't lost to me that I, I actually, you know, had cancer in my throat I nearly lost my voice and it was for me it was about am I really being real in my own life am I speaking my own truth am I living it am I doing it and I don't think I was and it wasn't until something big like that was was in my life that it forced me into having to explore everything it kind of also leads to something that I always think is you have permission now. Anybody listening and they want to change their life, they want to make some cho- healthy food choices, they want to maybe move their body more, they yeah. want to maybe investigate psychotherapy, they maybe want to make contact somebody because something's resonating with them. Do it. You have the permission. Yes. Nobody's going to stop you. You do not need to be ill. Wouldn't it be great if we could prevent before it happens? You know, wouldn't it be great that we would value ourselves enough to make these choices earlier rather than later? For sure. And I think that's most of the stories that people love to hear and share, not out of fear based. Oh, my gosh, what if it happened to me? But I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to take some conscious choices now. Mm -hmm. And that's most important. That's all anybody really wants is to really look after themselves and to be live kind of expand fully into themselves and live their full life. And I suppose then if if nonetheless, even if you're doing all that stuff and if it's still something does happen, at least you're more equipped with the tools to deal with it and navigate it in a healthy way. Because none of us know and accepting if it it does happen to us, accepting it first and foremost is so important. And knowing that, you know, a lot can be done as long as, as you said, 
You don't wait those six months of, oh, yeah. I knew something was up, but I didn't go. Go. This is something that's really stuck with me lately. A lot of people kind of mentioning to me, well, I just knew there was something up or I was very persistent. I know they thought I was being annoying, but I, I kept going back. Don't be, don't feel like you're annoying. Keep knocking on that door. Yeah. Keep making that call. Keep making, you know, popping into that person or whatever it is, because you know your body better than everybody else. Yes. And if you don't, and this is just a little heads up, maybe you should, because then you can get ahead of the game. You'll know what's not right. Or if you know something feels wrong in yourself, then you can start earlier rather than later. Um, but don't feel like ashamed or embarrassed. Shout, shout with your voice. Make sure people listen to you and get the help or or you know, diagnosis that you need if that's the case. Um, but before all that happens, you know, just see how your day to day is. What are your daily practices? What are you doing that's fueling you? Just get back to the itty bitty basics. Um, like how is your day to day going for you? Just assess it. Is it feeling mm. good or is there places in which you can feel better? Yeah. Self-care is an area that is oh. becoming all the more important and it's being discussed all the time, which is great because it's it's always been there. It always should be there should the word again but then how important it is to look after ourselves and it's something that I have really embraced since I became a mother where I would have been worried about like oh how I look in a bathing suit (laughs) and the cellulite and all the rest but it's very liberating when you have a very active a little baby who's now a toddler (laughs) he's two and and he loves being in the pool and I love being in the pool with him or being in the water with him it's so gorgeous and I completely lose my inhibitions and worrying about who will see me or if I have a few extra pounds on or you know whatever and you you just embrace this form that we're given in this lifetime oh my gosh because this is it yeah how lucky are we how lucky are we I have two legs that get me out of bed every morning I have two hands that can drink a coffee or sip on a gin and tonic if I take my fancy but it's I have this body that does amazing things you know like I say this sometimes and you'll know you'll have heard this before but your heart is like beating in your chest mm-hmm. from the minute you were born mm. every minute of every day 365 24 7 it doesn't stop mm. it's not like an app that needs to be updated or it needs to be installed software it is just working for you all the time it is pumping oxygenated blood around your body and your lungs are inhaling and exhaling o2 and, and carbon dioxide and just keeping you alive How many times a day do you even think about that? Probably not that many. No. But it is beating in your chest all day, every day for you Mm -hmm. so that you can experience, you know, your first kiss, holding your partner's hand, you know, um, washing your hair in the shower. You know, whatever it is that you like, but just every experience, every moment, whether it's you shedding a tear, if it's happiness, if it's joy, if it's travel, you know, when you get off a plane and you feel the heat on your skin and the smell of it, like your body has been there through every one of those experiences. Why wouldn't you honor it? Why wouldn't you show it some love? Um, And ways to show it love is through the food that you eat, through moving your body and through some of positive self-talk, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And I suppose the body is always working towards health and well-being. Yeah, it just just wants your best. Yeah, Yeah. we got to help it along. Mm hmm. Start minding it. Just steer it it in the right direction from time to time if it goes off the rails. I sometimes joke, um, I can't be on autopilot, right? Because sometimes when I'm on autopilot, anything goes. Mm. I could eat anything, do anything. I can be lazy. I can get all negative. And I'm like, no, no, I'm on autopilot. I need to switch back into manual. I need to be conscious about the choices I'm making. I need to be a bit more focused because when life gets busy, 
and the schedules get longer your days get longer you're busier you kids for example I don't have kids yet but I can imagine my life gets much busier once you've kids but just even your day-to-day work commitments life commitments partner commitments all of those things that you they can get quite busy and then you get onto autopilot and you don't consciously think about what you're doing so then I have to go right you're on autopilot this is ridiculous this is your third coffee today or this is your x y and z you haven't gotten out for a walk even with the runners on all week you know things like that that we just fall into the habit of and I'm like right I need to get back on manual what's my conscious choice what am I doing Monday to Friday next week what's my plan but you're a great woman for planning because even when we were we were communicating last night WhatsApp you were like you got the bus up from Galway and you're heading down again this evening because you have a client to see in Galway and you were getting work done up here for the day but I was saying well you know when do you want to factor in getting your food in but you came prepped yeah I'm like the the queen of clinking jars and lunch boxes and this is another part so you'll never be caught short well I do from time to time um, but you know the chances are so what like you know, if it happens once or twice. But if I'm on it most of the time and I can I can prep or bring something with me, why not? Yeah. You know, my fridge is full anyways. I might as well use what's there rather than trying to hopefully grab something en route. Let's now, because I'm sure there are people listening, I'm just guessing, because if I was listening to this, I'd be going, okay, this is fantastic, loving this, but I, I want to get some tips. Yeah. I want to get some practical stuff that I can bring into my life. Someone might be listening who thinks they have a very healthy life. They might and they might be eating really well for their bodies, but we can always add in extra stuff to support ourselves and support our bodies. So it's something that you speak about a lot at Bill, which has been a bit of a revelation and it's something I've been able to implement in a very gentle way. And luckily, they are foods and drinks that are readily available nowadays. Yeah. And I'm talking about fermented foods. Oh, absolutely. I find this really interesting. Yeah. So tell us why we should so, be having them, why they're good, the benefits, you know, all of that. OK, so I guess this is just an area that I'm super interested in. And I guess when you're interested in something, you just kind of would bang on about it and you talk to anybody that would listen about it. But fermented foods are one of those. Um, they're a traditional type of food. It's a fermentation process or a processing of, of foods for uh, preservation. So it's still really popular in Eastern Europe. It's becoming much more popular here in Ireland, thank God. But, um, you know, long back in the days when our grandparents and great grandparents didn't have fridges and freezers, they had to preserve food. So there was a lot of pickling, but then again, a lot of fermentation. And we were all familiar with wine and beer, which is probably the most popular fermented foods. And it's the same kind of process. Um, it's a fermentation where they, uh, there is beneficial bacteria produced in this kind of um, process of fermentation or going rancid to a certain extent. And within these living foods, you have enzymes and bacterias which doesn't sound very good, but actually if you think about your microbiome, the gut microbiome that lives in your, well, all over your body and on your skin, but a lot of it is culminated in your digestive tract, then by introducing new strains of bacteria and enzymes through the food that you're eating, fermented foods, and let's talk, uh, just give example of a few that I love, which are sauerkraut, um, which is fermented cabbage and then kimchi which is a Korean fermentation process using fish paste as well um, and they can use fennel carrot cabbage as well but they're usually quite sulfur based vegetables now I have both of these yeah. <laughs> in the fridge at home yeah and you know I don't use them necessarily every single day when yeah. I think about it I'll do a little fork on the side of the dinner one forkful yeah. every day if you were doing that your gut microbiome would love you isn't that amazing yeah. and it, do you know what it reminds me of as well is the advice that we're given now with 
uh, babies and children that yeah. actually, you know, there was this kind of everything has to be sterilized and clean, clean, clean. Obviously, yeah. in those early weeks and months, it is vital. Yeah. But then there comes a stage when they say, you know, pets at home are actually really good because they they, you know, they're surrounded by more bacteria. germs, bacteria, yeah. and it builds natural defenses in the body. It absolutely does. Boosts your immune system. Yeah. So sort of similar stuff. Yeah, same idea. It's like once your body interacts with an external um, um, microbe or so that could be a yeast, a fungus, a bacteria, something like that. It has to figure out what to do with it. So it either mounts a response or it builds, has more healthy bacteria and it kills it. But it, it kind of challenges the body a little bit, having maybe some pathogenic bacteria exposure. Uh, but we want to make sure that we have lots of commensal bacteria or beneficial bacteria in the place so that you can uh, fight off anything that comes in. But and these, isn't that brilliant? Because yeah. you know what, how many, how, how many of us have to go to the doctor and, you know, you're given a course of antibiotics. And by the way, I will always say this. I'm a huge believer in science and the medical profession. Absolutely, wholeheartedly. Absolutely. But I will also, if I can avoid mm-hmm. going on a course of antibiotics, sometimes you can avoid it. You need to. And that's fair enough. But I have noticed that since I've become very active about minding myself, mm-hmm. the chances of me having to take an antibiotic are pretty slim nowadays. Yeah. So there has to be something in this, you know? Absolutely, there is. Yeah. So if you, there's a lot of research being done down in UCC. Um, um, there's two doctors down there and they've, re, uh, I think it was maybe, I want to guess, maybe 2014 or 15, they uh, released a book called The Psychobiotic Revolution. And it's looking at the microbiome in your gut and the impact it has on your mood. Okay. Now that's massive, right? Right, okay, We're yes. talking about it with regards to immune system. Now they're researching it with regards to um, how it affects your mood, your energy, your dopamine levels, your serotonin levels. How incredible is that? Okay. So we are really only scratching the surface of the benefits of this healthy microbiome. So for anybody who maybe doesn't know what I'm talking about, if you think about your GI tract as a tube, Okay, and from mouth to colon, it's like one cell layer of cells thick and it is like the inside of your mouth, like that soft mucosal tissue. And it basically cuts your body in half and it's technically still outside your body. So you have it's like this little protective layer and it's constantly interfacing with your internal and external environment. Mm. So lining your stomach, your small, your duodenum, small intestine and large intestine and colon, you have billions of bacteria. Now, if you were to look on, at your body under a microscope, you're actually about 10 times more bacteria cells than you are actual human self cells. Really? And if you think about that, your genetic profile is maybe like 2,500 genes, um, they have like millions. So who's actually ruling the roost? Is it the bacteria or is it your genetics? So there's a lot of information coming out now about how we should mind your microbes or minding your microbiome. And I'm definitely a big believer of this because... If we're maybe eating pesticide laden foods, so we're not choosing organic, for example, and this doesn't have to be across the board, but anything that has a leaf or that grows above ground is more than likely sprayed. So because look, what I find with and I I do try and buy organic when I can can. and certainly, certainly when it comes to cooking for for Cahal, my little boy, I absolutely will. But it's not always possible. No, to it's get not it. always possible, and I'm not, uh, you know, going to preach about organic. But if you think, no, no, I get it. No. But I'm just saying, like, you know, and even, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, you're trying to do your best, but we're all trying to, you know, at the end of the day, people have to to mind 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 their purses Absolutely. as well, and and it has to make sense, sense for you, for your family, yeah. for everything. 
but there are ways that even if you can't get the best of food all of the time, you can help boost it in other ways. Yeah, the best thing I would look for is try and get your greens organic. So organic broccoli, spinach leaves, rocket if you can, leeks, you know, bok choy, things like that. Try and get the leafy greens, the dark green leafy beans, like your cabbage as well. Try and get those organic because they're Luckily, retailers are coming. They are coming on board with that. More and more. Absolutely. Yeah. But if there are any kind of, say petrochemicals on the foods that you're eating or if there's high in sugar or there's high in trans fats coming in in your diet quite regularly or there's maybe a bit more alcohol or caffeine they all change the environment of the microbiome so they can allow foods can either encourage bacteria to thrive or they can encourage maybe unwanted bacteria to thrive like your candidas and things like that so it's looking at finding this nice healthy balance so by introducing fermented foods like your sauerkraut, like your kimchi. I really love kombucha as well. It's a fizzy green tea. Um, or you could go along the lines of the yogurts like kefir um, or kefir. Some people call it, it doesn't really matter. Um, and miso, which I absolutely love. So miso is a fermented edamame bean or soybean. And that's great to just use as a stock for soups and things. So you don't even realize that it's going in there, but you're getting this added kick of enzymatic uh, function for the body and also increased bacteria microbiome so do probiotics prebiotics digestive enzymes are they all in the same vein as well are they separate they're kind of separate so your probiotics are the bacteria strains themselves so they're your kind of lactobacillus um, acidophilus or it's your um, bifido uh, bifidobacteria bifidum for example so these kind of ones with the l's in front of them and the b's in front of them they're your strains of bacteria that are being researched for their benefits in the body prebiotics are all of your kind of root vegetables all of your dark green leafy vegetables all of your nuts and seeds all of your fiber rich foods that are going to feed the bacteria so they encourage them to grow and to thrive Um, and they also kind of carry out the unwanted bacteria at the same time so they can do a cleaning as well as a feeding process which is great and then your enzymes are slightly different enzymes are more upper digestive they focus on breaking foods down in the stomach so you know sometimes when you eat foods and it just kind of sits there and you've got this like pity or stomach feeling and you just feel really full but it's not breaking down like it should may indicate that maybe you don't have enough of those specific enzymes to break the food down or it could indicate that maybe you're not chewing and the size of the food that's ending up in the stomach can be much bigger um, and it takes that bit more time for it to break down so chewing is kind of the very initial stage of the digestive process so for those as well listening who maybe you know want to have all this good stuff Mm -hmm. in their diet and they're maybe cool with with eating something but they don't really want to necessarily supplement yeah or take you know sachets or tablets or whatever can you avoid that and do it fully naturally absolutely i mean you you're eating a lot more which is great yeah and Um, and certainly you you would try i suppose you would want people to to get the nutrition and, and and the benefits mainly from food sources rather than resorting to the capsule or the sachet yeah you want to look at food first because again it all comes back to your daily practices like what you continue to do daily what the choices that you make daily what you stock your fridge with what's in your cupboard you know your kitchen becomes the foundation of a healthy you and that's you know without doubt because how many of us have supplements that sit in the cupboard and you're like god i completely forgot to take that today and it doesn't matter how compliant you are there's always going to be a lapse 
Okay. When you gave me a great tip, I have a product, <laughs> I won't name it now, but it's basically, it's a brilliant like green powder that's full of good stuff. Yeah. But I have it when I blend it up with lovely frozen berries <laughs> and the bit of apple juice. And so it, it requires a few minutes, which I know sounds ridiculous, but uh-huh. when I'm running out the door, maybe with a small man or whatever, they're the few minutes that I, I, I sometimes feel, uh, you know what, I can't do that now, but sure, I'll do it tomorrow morning and maybe tomorrow morning will come and go. Yeah. And I won't have done it. But you said, well, just get a glass, put a spoon in, bit of water, chug it back, get it into you. Two so, <laughs> Done. It's really practical. Whereas I'm making a song and dance about it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like making it more complicated. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It just has to be get in you. every day if you can. Yeah. yeah, It's all about creating healthy habits. So like look at your life and what you're doing now. I'm sure there's people listening going, God, you know, I'm not doing too bad. I'm taking a few boxes. I eat regular meals. I'm quite conscious of staying hydrated. I don't drink caffeine afternoon, for example. Um, I wouldn't drink alcohol regularly. Um, I exercise quite regularly. I'm feeling really good. Great. So maybe you don't need all that much help. But if you're sitting at home and thinking, oh my gosh, my digestive tract is probably not great for the past couple of months, or my cycle's not regular, or I'm noticing a lot more PMS symptoms, or my skin is breaking out, I'm getting more migraines than I'm normally used to. That's your body telling you that maybe something needs to make a shift or it makes a change. And that's the basics. Okay, so look at what you're doing. What are you putting in your body? What do you know might be an aggravator? Oh God, well, I have been drinking a lot more alcohol lately because there's been weddings and parties and all these things happening so maybe that's the contributing factor so what we're looking at doing is just going to flush everything out we're going to increase our water intake maybe you're going to add some lemon and ginger to your water maybe you're going to add a green powder to water and take that three or four times in a week it doesn't have to be every day um and you're just going to like cleanse or maybe you're going to move away from that soup and sandwich kind of thing that we fall into quite regularly and instead I'm really going to try and get as much raw foods in so I'm going to maybe do a juice in the morning or maybe I'm going to have a salad at lunch or at night time when I come home I'm going to steam a whole bunch of veggies and put a piece of um, lean protein with it like a piece of fish or a turkey burger or chicken breast or whatever it is yeah but it's tiny little changes on what you already do but you're just trying to improve them. Yeah, because if you try to change everything at once, oh it can feel gosh. really overwhelming. And the next thing, you're probably not going to stick with it. Yeah, it's like when you got diagnosed with cancer, you changed everything. You were yeah. juicing, you were doing all of this. I'm never going to have a chocolate bar again. I'm never going to drink a cup of tea. And there's nothing like a diagnosis like that to make you want to make those changes. Yeah. How long does willpower and motivation last though? They're yeah. like muscles. You need to work on them every day. So instead of, it's like, Focus on what you are doing. Okay, I'm doing that really well. Make a list, tick them off. Great. Now, what can I add in? Because if you're looking at what you're already doing and you're making positive choices, these kind of, I'm not going to have this anymore. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to have all those negative phrases. They don't come into it because you're only focusing on what you are doing and what benefits you're going to get from today. That's it. Yeah. And then tomorrow you try again. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And the positive builds more positive yeah. and good. Yeah. yeah. Love it. And like you probably journal. Do you journal? Yes. Yeah. So I journal too. Um, I don't do it all the time. And, you know, people say, oh God, you journal regularly. Oh, I can and I can't. I go through bouts and it's same the same thing. Like it's not, life. it's not a consistent every day. Yeah. But when I got something to say, or if I really want to reinforce something, I'll write it down because I think it moves from your head to your heart through your hands. So I write it. So if I'm thinking about it and it's something that resonates with me and I really want to make it true for me, I kind of write it down and then I have a bit of, um, I have to hold myself to it, mm. you know? So I write down this week, I'm going to, and maybe you plan the class. I'm going to go to these three classes this week because it works for my schedule or I can't go to the gym because that doesn't work for my schedule so I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk before work with the dog twice a week something like that and then this week I'm going to stock my fridge with x y and z like 
greens, more fruit. I'm going to have maybe some coconut water. I'm going to maybe make my juice with my green powders two, two, uh, two mornings a week. And then, for example, I'm going to drink water. I'm going to cut down on my caffeine intake. Instead, I'm going to have a few more herbal teas that are in my press already, but I haven't taken them. So I'm going to choose those rather than choosing maybe a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And maybe I'm not going to put something into the tree cupboard this time when I go to the supermarket because there's enough there. And if I keep topping it up, it'll never become like uh, a shelf or maybe a drawer or something like that non-existent. <laughs> now, I know this is a podcast, so you're not going to see, but I'm kind of putting my hand up here because I the thing I suppose that I really need to break through and and I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a go now, but is uh, and it's never ending for me. It is it's the it is the treat drawer or in my case entire shelf yeah shelf but everybody has so i have a serious sweet tooth serious um and i I don't want to give it up do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's life 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 without chocolate is i mean really is it worth living well (laughs) so not not like chocolate no (laughs) and and cakes and sweets and lots of nice things of sugar no i know but look uh, all joking all all joking aside yeah uh, you know and yes not buying them means they're not there. And I, I understand this and I've heard this from so many really intelligent people who know what they're talking about. Just don't buy them. Don't buy them. They're not there. But sure, look, at, I'll just get in the car and drive to the shop and buy them. <laughs> so like it's going to gonna happen. Yeah, but okay? then you've, you're consciously making a choice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's very easy if it's there that yeah. you just go, oh, well, I've just had my dinner now. Yeah. I'm I'm a devil for sweet treats. I love a nice piece of chocolate. I like a nice cake from time to time. I like pastries. They're my total downfall. But I know that what's you know, so what's what's the harm if you do have a croissant? What is the actual harm? It's probably fine if you have one a week. Yeah, okay. If you're having one every morning. Yeah. And then you're also having like maybe that square of chocolate or two biscuits after your lunch at work because they happen to have it in the cupboard. Yeah. And then when you get home and you've also got a sweet treat in cupboard or shelf and you're like, well, do you know what? I, I'll just finish this little queen cake that's in here because if I don't get rid of it, it's going to be there taunting me, you know, and then that's three things throughout the day. Yeah. Whereas at least your home is your safe place. Mm-hmm. So if your kitchen isn't full of things that you're trying to stay away from, you know, like this makes there's complete less, sense. There's yeah. less uh, temptation. temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be huge for me now. If like, I got rid of every sweet treat ev- out of the house. Everyone I meet without fail in clinic says, well, you know, sometimes after dinner, then I'll sit down. I might have like a cup of tea and a treat while watching the soap. That's the and danger zone for me. I can be really well behaved all, all day. day, all day and then all day. Boom. And the manning is down to bed. Yeah. And they stick on the kettle. And yeah. open up the press and it's carnage. So then you, you, need, to, you need to change your little reward. Yeah. So I often say to people, and you, uh, you know, anyone who's come to see me will have it in their little um, nutritional protocol. It'll be like, why don't you go have a face mask? Oh, why don't you go have a foot bath? Why don't you get outside? <laughs> why don't you move out of the kitchen? Because sometimes, you know, I have a kitchen sitting room. So when the food smells are still there and I'm still technically in the kitchen, I'm a bit like, mm, maybe I'll just go in and see what I can find, yeah, you know? Yeah. Whereas if I move out of that and I change my routine or maybe I'm going into another room, I'm going to read my book or you're going to watch Netflix, but it's not in the same space. You know, look at your... It's all... Yeah. But it's it's rewiring It um, is the rewiring. Yeah. yeah. And, and once you do mm-hmm. it once or twice, you go, God, I can actually do this. You mm-hmm. know, even if it's I have done oh it, you see, God. Claire, I actually have done it. But it's the consistency. Yeah. And it's the falling back into the old habits again. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of 
you know, I'm acting the maggot here a little bit as well, but I'm just being honest that it's yeah. it's it's a it's a big thing for me. So, so if that's look, your pitfall. It or is the only kind of area that it you is. really and want I, to address. I love now. a glass of wine. I love a G and T. But if somebody said your choice is chocolate or alcohol, I would have no problem saying no to alcohol for the rest of my days. <laughs> Sugar is my downfall. Yeah, and the, so, you know, at the end, of, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's it's a trade off. Yeah, you have to decide where your balance is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, we, uh, I have so much more I want to talk to you about. <laughs> so I think for now, what we're going to do is uh, wrap it up here. But I might ask you to come back again, and we'll have some more. Some more conversations, probably with more of a female focus. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's so much more that we can get into. But for now, where can we find you? So I'm on Facebook. It's a new wellness, A-N-U wellness. Um, it's basically just my Nana's name backwards. And um, when she passed away, I wanted to keep a little bit of her with me. So it's Una backwards, A-N-U wellness. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And you'll probably see Claire at different events around the country giving fabulous talks as well. So check her out. OK, Claire, thanks a million. Thanks so much, Sheila. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ready to be Real Conversations. And I want to wish Claire and Colin love and light as they get married next week. If you want to follow her, you can find her on Instagram or Facebook at a new wellness, A-N-U wellness. And if you liked what you heard, please do tell your friends. And if you can, take a second to rate, review and hit subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. 